0: The Avengers. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Earth's Mightiest Heroes type thing. Avengers, time to work for a living. That's my secret. I'm always angry. I am on the side of life. You get hurt, hurt them back. You get killed, walk it off. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. I'm your host, Andrew, and I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers. Welcome to episode 30 of Some Assembly Required, your weekly adventure into the annals of Earth's mightiest heroes, the Avengers. This week we are going to be talking about Avengers number 28, Among Us Walks a Goliath. This week's issue is written by Stan Lee, pencils by Don Heck, inks by Frank Ray, and letters by Art Simic, and it comes to us in May of 1966. So real quick, before we get into the issue, I just want to say thank you to everyone who came out and supported me at Tidewater Comic-Con. We had a great panel, and if you have not had a chance to listen to it, it is up in the podcast feed. It is the episode prior to this one, and it is The Infinity Gems, A Brief History, live from Tidewater Comic-Con 2017. I really had a great time putting it on, and I think you guys should check it out. So, starting off with the cover, I like this cover more than I have liked several previous covers. Again, we have the very white-heavy background, but I like what all of the Avengers are doing. You have the re-inclusion of Giant Man very much in his giant role. And there's enough other things going on on the cover that the white in the background doesn't bother me as much. I'm still not a fan, but it's a lot better than other covers we've seen. About the only thing that's weird is the way Cap's throwing his shield, but I can live with that. Everyone else, I think, it looks really good, especially Giant Man and his new costume, because the costume he was wearing last time we saw him in The Avengers in issue 16 was pretty awful. When we last left the Avengers two weeks ago, they had returned back to Avengers Mansion after escaping from Atuma, only to find that the mysterious intruder Hawkeye left tied up was no longer tied up in Avengers Mansion and was gone, and there was a message waiting for them. And as we come to find out in this issue, the message is from the scientist Hank Pym, who we as readers know is Giant Man, but at this point the Avengers don't know that yet, though as they communicate with Pym very shortly he reveals Reveals that he is in fact giant man. So Hank tells us that Wasp had communicated with him after escaping from a Tuma ship, presumably communicating with him from Avengers Mansion, and that she said she was going to make her way back to the ship that Hank is on. Only she should have shown up hours ago at this point, and Hank is very concerned. He requests that the Avengers send their rocket jet air car to pick him up so that he can help in the search. I mean, my first thought on that one is, really, rocket, jet, air car? We can't just say, like, jet or rocket or air car. No, it's all of those things. It's a little ridiculous even for kind of where we are in the Avengers. And again, this kind of thing is just making me look forward to the day we have the Quinjets and we can stop thinking about the Avengers mode of transportation and it's just, it's the jet. The other thing this scene kind of shows me is that Hank Pym is still really on track with his change of heart when it comes to his behavior towards Wasp. After Wasp was injured back in Avengers 13, in the subsequent issues, 14, 15, and 16 before they left the Avengers, we saw a significant change in Hank Pym's attitude towards Janet. He was far more attentive to her needs, he was much less dismissive of her in general, he would make a lot less snide, kind of smart Alec comments, things like that. Now in this issue, he's actually willing to reveal his secret identity to the rest of the Avengers, which in his prior association with the team was something he was very much unwilling to do in order to help rescue janet he has to reveal his identity and to him that is now worthwhile to do because that's what it's going to take to get the avengers help and to go save janet so what he was once hesitant to do before he is now willing to do for her sake so based on hank pym's admission of his identity captain america sends hawkeye off to go get hank pym and bring him back Again, we see a little bit of butting heads here between Captain America and Hawkeye. Hawkeye initially gives Cap a little bit of kind of talk back, a little bit of lip, and Cap shuts him down pretty hard, and Hawkeye backs off. He says, all right, now I'll go do it. Not a problem. In in general, we're going to keep seeing this dynamic between these two characters for a while, and I kind of think that it's something Hawkeye almost needs in that I think Hawkeye needs some level of discipline and structure to his life at this point, but he also needs someone to rebel against a little bit, to push a little bit against. He needs a quote-unquote man to stick it to, and Captain America very willingly provides that for him. Now that we have caught ourselves up with where we left off last issue, we cut to Wasp, who is trapped in a small vial, I believe is what they refer to it as, and she is in the hands of the Collector. Now, those of you who are familiar with the original Guardians of the Galaxy film will know this as the character played by actor Benicio Del Toro, and this is actually the Collector's first appearance, and he will appear periodically, mostly in the Avengers for a while, and it's actually gonna be a number of years before we find out the Collector's Connection to Marvel Cosmic and the fact that he is one of the elders of the universe. So for now, he's just kind of a guy who collects things. He has decided that he is going to collect Wasp. In addition to Wasp, he wants to have all of the Avengers. He has to have a complete set. As he's having this conversation, we see that The Collector is in the presence of our mysterious figure from last issue, the character that fought Hawkeye, and it is a character who we now get a name for officially as The Beetle. So the beetle offers to go collect the Avengers for the collector, but the collector says, no, he has got a better idea. He's going to call the Avengers, tell them he has Wasp, and get them to come to him. To me, that seems like a fairly reasonable idea. It's a lot less effort. Also gives the collector the home field advantage, if you will. They're going to have to go to his territory. Back at Avengers Mansion, that's exactly what the collector does. He contacts the Avengers and tells them, I have Wasp, come and get her. Now, of course, while this is going on, Hank Pym has arrived and is kind of introducing himself more officially to the Avengers. Obviously, he's met all of them and and he served on the team with Captain America for quite a while. But because they didn't know his secret identity, a little bit of welcome back and proper introductions are in order. So everyone is present for the transmission that is received from the Collector. I want to know how it is that the Collector knows how to contact them. Is this some kind of, you know, publicly listed radio frequency? Does anybody have access to contact the Avengers? Is it special people? Is this something that the Collector found out because he's a super villain? I want to know. It's not overly really integral to the story, but I want to know. At any rate, Hank Pym insists on coming with the Avengers. But before he can do so, they want proof that he is who he claims to be. Which seems reasonable given what has happened to the Avengers over the course of the last 28 issues and the number of people who have tried to infiltrate the team to tear them apart from inside. Hank Pym and Wasp, as I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, have not really been in the superhero game for a while. They've actually retired. In reality, they no longer had a solo title. Well, to be fair, they actually didn't have a solo title for quite a while. They were splitting a title with Hulk, and then they were taken off that title, and that title became split with Hulk and Submariner. It was a Tales to Astonish. The incontinuity explanation is that Wasp and Giant Man have retired for from superheroing, at least for a while, to conduct research. It's been a long time since Hank Pym has transformed into Giant Man. He's also realized that doing so, like he used to, was inherently unstable potentially dangerous and even fatal if he did it wrong so because of that Pim is now determined that he is only able to change size to one specific size which is 25 feet and that he's got to stay there at least 15 minutes before he can change back to a normal size otherwise the strain might be too much for him the Avengers agree to allow him to demonstrate his abilities In the process, Scarlet Witch reveals that she has made a new costume for Giant Man in the anticipation of his return to the team at some point. So she runs off, she gets it. It is a much better costume than what he was wearing during issue 16 because that was just such an awful look. This is a a much better look. And, you know, to be fair, Hank Pym is one of those characters who's going to go through a lot of costumes and a lot of code names. In a moment here, we will reach number three and there will be more to come in the future. I think he's on costume like number five. At any rate, the Avengers go outside to an abandoned alley near Avengers Mansion, and Giant Man goes to transform into Giant Man. Now, initially, it doesn't happen. It it takes him a minute. And Hawkeye starts kind of making fun of him a little bit. He says, nothing's happening. I knew he was a fake. And then suddenly, Giant Man shoots up to 25 feet. Quicksilver decides he's going to poke some more fun back at Hawkeye and says, what do you have to say now, Hawkeye? And I love Hawkeye's response. He goes, welcome to the Avengers, pal. Hawkeye, I mean, there's nothing else he can say at that point. He has been proved 100% wrong, and he knows it, and he just needs to pony up and, okay, You're right, you are the guy, welcome back. So after 15 minutes, Giant Man shrinks back down to his normal size. The Avengers all pile into their speedy air car and they head off for the coordinates provided by the Collector. Now when they arrive there, they find that they are way up in the mountains They kind of make their way through this pass. The rocks slide open for them, much like, as uh, Hawkeye points out, a stage production of Alibaba and the 40 Thieves, you know, open sesame, and the rock slides open to reveal the secret lair. Very similar, kind of cool. I like that touch a lot. And the Avengers make their way into the Collector's castle, and into this hallway that is basically two zigzagging lines as they're coming down the passageway Captain America even says I'm glad I told Hawkeye to wait outside this has trap written all over it man does it ever like no kidding they start down the corridor the collector sees them the walls slide in and now each avenger is trapped in a little square room and then all of them get gassed i mean this is like super Villainy 101 here now i like it it's done really well the art looks pretty good to be fair, I do enjoy cliches like this because they are the familiar tropes. It's nice to look back at the comics, especially from this era, and see these things. For anyone who has watched The Venture Brothers, there's the episode Return to the House of Mummies Part 2 when they're in the room. The walls are closing in and spikes are coming out and they're looking for help. And so they call Dr. Orpheus and he asks, how fast are the spikes moving? And they're like, not as fast as Mad Scientist, but not as slow as Haunted House Spikes that kind of thing just i love those kind of tropes and the fact that we can make fun of them in something like the venture brothers and here in the avengers we can see the origins and, and how they work in a non-humorous story we've also got a great panel here at the top of this page of the collector who's mostly in red in that one it's just i love the coloring of that panel it's so good So like I said, Captain America is really glad that he left Hawkeye outside because it felt like they were walking into a trap. Only it turns out it didn't really do any good because the Collector gassed Hawkeye too. So now the Collector has all the Avengers. But because he has Wasp, he wants Giant Man. What the collector doesn't realize is that Giant Man now has a new costume, something I failed to mention a moment ago. He is now going by the name Goliath, because when in the back alley he grew to 25 feet tall, Captain America compared him to Goliath. Giant Man decided that was a much better code name then giant man because giant man sounds corny because it is so he decided to go with goliath but the collector thinks that hey i've got wasp i need i need giant man because that, that's the matching set just as he starts to say this hank pym grows to his goliath size is 25 feet and he says nope i'm here and you're going down so giant man tries to take on the collector again the collector collects interesting unique things so he So he he has many wonders in his collection, as he calls it. The first of those that we see is a cloak made from a flying carpet. That one's kind of cool, not going to lie. It makes him fly around a little bit like Doctor Strange with the Cloak of Levitation. So the collector is able to escape from Goliath's grasp and Goliath chases after him, only for the Collector to use a Roman catapult against him. That's less of a wonder than, like, the flying carpet cape, but a giant rock does manage to throw Goliath off his game, and the Collector gets away, and at this point, the rest of the Avengers catch up, so the whole team is now in pursuit of the Collector. We get a great shot here, a great panel of kind of what the restrictions and what the consequences of Giant Man's new power limitations are. So because he grows to 25 feet, especially indoors, there's a lot of... Spaces that are basically inaccessible for him or very difficult for him to get through. So in this particular case, we actually see him crawling out of a fairly massive hallway trying to follow the rest of the Avengers because it's been too soon and he can't change back to normal size. Now, Hank does have faith in the rest of the Avengers, but it's kind of a counterbalance here where his increased size, especially at 25 feet, is very advantageous in certain circumstances. It's also very difficult for him to deal with in certain situations. Situations, and this is one of those ones where it's difficult for him to deal with just as the Avengers are going to catch up with. The collector. Out from the shadows in the ceiling comes Beetle, and he engages Captain America, Hawkeye, and Scarlet Witch. Quicksilver is still chasing after the Collector. And Beetle does a pretty good job of fighting the Avengers. Certainly, he is a better match in this issue for three Avengers than he was for Hawkeye in the last one. In this fight, the Beetle manages to really kind of keep, keep the Avengers on edge and not allow them to get the upper hand, even though they have him outnumbered. 3 to 1. We also get to see Captain America and Hawkeye, despite their you know, butting heads and mild animosity, we get to see them working together in a pre-planned maneuver. As Captain America calls it Hawkeye's Maneuver 9, fast! So that tells me that not only Have the Avengers been individually working on their abilities, but much like the X-Men do, there have been these team training sessions, at least between Cap and Hawkeye, because Scarlet Witch doesn't know what Maneuver 9 is, but that this pair have been training together and have been working on various maneuvers to fight more effectively as a team. And again, I really like that because I'm reading a team book, I want them to fight and work as a team. Now, not only is Beetle, just in general, fighting very well against the Avengers, but he brings down part of the ceiling. He attempts to bring it down on top of the Avengers, but they're able to kind of scatter, and he separates Captain America from Scarlet Witch and Hawkeye, which it's not 100% intentional on his part, at least to separate them, but it makes me feel a little bit better about Beetle as a villain, because he's able to try and take advantage of this divide-and-conquer mentality he does manage to take out Captain America. He uses his extendable suction cup fingers and starts slamming Cap around. So while Captain America, Scarlet Witch, and Hawkeye are dealing with Beetle, Goliath and Quicksilver manage to catch up with the Collector in what appears to be almost like a trophy room where he has a large number of his special artifacts gathered together. So first he uses a gong of some kind to hit Quicksilver with a sonic shockwave. When Goliath destroys the gong, Collector then uses a crystal ball in order to send out mystic rays and try and knock Goliath low. He gets close, but because of Goliath's size, Goliath lashes out, smacks the Collector, and the crystal ball goes flying and shatters. And then the Collector pulls out his last really good option. He throws down beans that are apparently the origin of the Jack and the Beanstalk myth, and they summon giants to fight Goliath. Part of me is mildly amused by this, and part of me thinks this is really dumb. It's 1960s Silver Age comics. I can accept a fair level of goofy and Stanley doing what I call spaghetti theory, where you throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks. So Stanley just constantly throwing ideas out there and and seeing what sticks. This is one of the things that doesn't. The fight is fine between Goliath and the Giants, but they're just kind of a goofy part of this story. Now, while, while Goliath is occupied with the Giants, Beetle returns with Captain America in tow. Kind of literally, he's actually dragging Captain America by the arm. And just as Collector and Beetle are about to regroup, Scarlet Witch and Hawkeye show up. You've now got a fight between Scarlet Witch and Hawkeye guy and collector and beetle and then goliath is fighting the giants well with a little bit of help goliath is able to pretty quickly finish off the giants and turn his attention to the collector now when he gets a hold of the collector the collector says all right you got me but if you don't let me go you're going to regret it because in this little vial and he pulls out the little vial he's like i have the wasp not-so-subtly-implied threat is, if you don't let me go, I'll smash the vial and kill Wasp. And then, from this point, the story kind of degrades, less from a straight-up fight and more really to kind of a a standoff where collector has the vial captain america and quicksilver regain consciousness quicksilver goes and steals the vial from the collector and then the collector uses his temporal assimilator to travel through time and evade the avengers just as they're about to apprehend him but in the end the avengers have accomplish their goal which is to rescue the wasp who is unfortunately still stuck in her bathing suit after several days i'm sure at this point that's got to be kind of uncomfortable but she has been rescued hank is extremely happy so like anyone would he attempts to shrink down back to normal size only part of the way back something happens and he faints He, he blacks out and collapses Where we leave the Avengers at the end of this issue is that Goliath is stuck at 10 feet tall, he's unconscious, and it's very much an inversion of the end of Avengers 13, where we have Giant Man being so concerned about the injured Wasp, we now have Wasp fretting over an injured Goliath. Overall, this is not a bad issue. I like the art a lot. In a couple of places, the inks are a little on the heavy side, but given the quality of the inking we saw in the last issue, I have a lot of confidence in Frank Ray as an inker, so I'm looking forward to seeing more of what he does. Again, Don Heck's pencils are really good, and I think he is getting better and better as a visual storyteller. As for the story, I think the dynamic between Captain America and Hawkeye is really interesting, it's kind of a friendly version of being a little adversarial. Hawkeye needs to rebel against someone, needs to push against things. So he has that person in Captain America, right? Captain America is probably the personification of, quote-unquote, the man. He's everything that Hawkeye kind of doesn't want to be in a lot of ways. And when Captain America is giving him orders and things, Hawkeye's going to push back. But when Cap steps up and is a little bit more of the enforcer of, The rules or enforcer of the policies, Hawkeye backs down and does what he knows he needs to do. Hawkeye needs some kind of discipline and structure in his life at this point. Again, he's still a fairly young man, and I can understand that. Captain America provides that, but he also provides something for Hawkeye to kind of push against from a societal perspective. The other thing is the collector always strikes me a little bit as poking fun of comic book fans. And I don't mean that in a mean way, but to be fair, We comic book fans are often collectors. We are often very much completionists, so we have to have all the issues. We have to have every cover of all the issues, things like that. So the collector just is almost like a little meta joke to me about the comic book fans and comic book culture and society that we just we have to we have to collect things. And the final thing I want to talk about here is the obvious relationship between Wasp and Jaime and now Goliath. I like that we see that it has evolved even past the point where we haven't been keeping track of them, right? The characters have gone off and they're doing their own thing for a while, and then they come back into our stories. And the change in behavior that we started to see in Avengers is still taking place even when we haven't been watching goliath hank pym is willing to do whatever it takes including revealing his secret identity to ensure that wasp is safe and he's very insistent that he is there to help do it and he takes a lot of the responsibility on himself for her getting into the situation she's in i mean even going so far back as to talk about i shouldn't have let her join me as a superhero in the first place i shouldn't have let her put herself at risk like that There is some 1960s kind of chauvinism in there a little bit because it's the idea I shouldn't have let Wasp because she's a woman and things like that. But there's also the fact that Hank Pym just deeply cares for her. Anyone who has sent a loved one into a dangerous situation, I mean, you're talking first responders, police, military families, understand the idea that doesn't matter the, the, the gender of the individual, the sex of the individual, you don't want to send them into harm's way, even if it's what they want for themselves, it's still difficult to see them do that. And that's what Goliath is feeling there. Remember, you can find us at AvengersAssembly.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you'd like to be a part of the conversation, send your questions and comments to Andrew at AvengersAssembly.com. Next week, we're going to be taking a look at Avengers number 29, This Power Unleashed. All right, hey. All right, good job, guys. Uh, Let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. you ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here I don't know what it is, but I want to try it